With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi there. How you doing today? Welcome to the Hockey Buzzcast. And today we're going to start off with Russ Cohen in South Jersey with something to say. So let's talk about podcasts. <laughs> the dulcet back one. There probably are hundreds of millions of podcasts at this point. It's What's amazing to me now is I think every athlete feels like they have to do their own podcast. And, and I think this goes along with what Kevin said not that long ago is not a lot of them want to talk to the media anymore. So they figure I'll just do my own podcast. That'll, that'll be great. It's funny. You guys see, say this. I just listened to the Rob. I just, I just got turned on to the Rob Lowe podcast yesterday. Yeah, there you go. But Rob Lowe, <laughs> I, I, I've listened to him do an audio version of his book. I do think he's interesting, but, but very Richard funny. Sherman just started a podcast and he, I, I just hope, I, I just hope Rob Lowe's not talking about his antics at the 84 Democratic Convention. Oh, oh he's God. talking. Whatever, Mike. Jeez, Mike. It was just him and, Mal, him, and Mal, him interviewing Molly Ringwald, actually, which was just a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, Molly Ringwald and Rob Lowe, both, you know, considering the Brat Pack, Rob Lowe yeah. never, never did, never did okay. um, a movie by that, by what's his name, the, big, the famous movie guy? Um, John Hughes. John Hughes. Rob yeah, Lowe was not in that. one John Hughes yeah. movie. Well, St. Elmo's Fire was not a John Hughes movie. I know. So Rob right. Lowe was never in a John Hughes movie. And they asked Molly, and he asked Molly Ringwood, who, who, Molly Ringwood was in, the, in every John Hughes movie. Right. And, and Rob Lowe asked, why wasn't I? I mean, I tried, I auditioned for the part in uh, Breakfast Club that went to Judd. He's like, uh, well, why wasn't I ever? And Molly says, because, <laughs> because, the, because, uh, because John Hughes was just, uh, he was intimidated by he did, he was intimidated by really attractive men and Rob Lowe was like just ridiculously good looking guy. He's still a good looking guy. Yeah. yeah well, what what are the odds though when we have a pop culture reference? They uh, how long it will take Mike to uh, <laughs> turn it into a sex uh, a deal? It's well, usually no, no, that was the even money at this point. That was the, yeah. that was the most <laughs> infamous moment of his career that almost derailed it you gotta, you, got, but you gotta go there you know i can't what my wife sit I in the corner over there mike i moved you over in the corner over there you're gonna sit over there my wife to watch this show because of you <laughs> <laughs> did i say anything untoward I just no no you're you're totally accurate but you always gotta take it you know to the sex or the sexist reference there's gotta be something <laughs> To, to finish my point as here. I'm telling my wife, sorry, I let you finish. I'm sorry, Russ. But as I'm telling my wife this Rob Lowe thing, oh God. As I'm telling my wife this Rob Lowe story last night, she um she says to me, Well, you know, um, when I was in high school, it was right around the time like St. Elmo's Fire was being filmed, and she was in she was in Vail, Colorado, and Rob Lowe walked right past her and she said, Man, he was like the most attractive person, you know, I've ever been around. Like she said it was just yeah, absolutely sure. ridiculous. It's stunning. Well, yeah. Those no, Brad Pack movies, though, they were fine. You know, I mean, like, they, they were, were all, they were good. They were all good. Yeah, no, they were good. They were all good. right. Well, anyhow, to Sorry, finish the point, so Richard Seymour, who had not found a job yet this year, decided, well, I'm going to start my own podcast. And you know what? Now I'm going to announce that I just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, could it be Richard, any more staged? It's, Richard, it's, Sher Richard, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. Yeah. Uh, you said Richard Seymour. Oh, I said Sir Sherman the first time before I was interrupted 12,000 times. Anyhow, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just kidding. But at any rate, it just seems like 
Like, this is the world we live in. Why couldn't Richard Sherman just get interviewed by reporters and say, I just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, he has to go through the trouble of a podcast to do that. I just think it's ridiculous. <laughs> Did he announce the cancellation of the podcast? after? No, the- he will. <laughs> he will. Once he says something about Tom Brady, you know that thing will get canceled. Well, yeah, right. Sure. This is this is way, the way everything is like in the post. I'm going to South Beach uh, culture when it comes to sports. That it has mm-hmm. it has to be like an Academy Award winning announcement. It can't yes. be just I'm signing. You know, it's got to be like you know, roll out roll out the red carpet. Here comes Richard Sherman. Who cares? Really, yeah, I, just, I, I don't know what's going up and on in the upper right hand corner of here, but I'm just letting yeah. it work, whatever. My latest puppet I made. I like him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is my, my little hobby on my side. All right. Here we go. Uh, this show seems start. more unstable than ever. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because so Rob Lowe also had Andrew McCarthy on. Remember Andrew McCarthy, too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. He was, he's just a bitter guy now. Like, he's like, <laughs> I haven't heard him in a while. No, I, I, I've seen interviews with him, but he wasn't he wrote a book oh. um, about the Brat Pack that just came out. Okay. Oh, okay. And, and he d- just trashed them all, or? No, he didn't trash them all. He's just like, Oh well, he didn't. He's never seen. He's never seen any of the movies he's been in. He said, "You know, that's a weird thing." That's a lie. That's a yeah. yeah, That's that's like an athlete saying, "I don't read it." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like you know, so he's like, so so Grablo's like wants to talk to wanted to talk to him about all these like scenes and like San Jose fires. Like, oh, remember my favorite scene in San Jose fires when you know, when you know, when when Judd finds out that you know you just slept with Ali Sheedy and Ali's in the other room and and he's like, I I can't remember that scene. He's oh, he's such a liar. I don't know. I'm just, it's, it was interesting. So, and then he says, well, you know, that's why you're successful and I'm not like, he was like, basically like saying, Rob, you know, Rob Lowe has continued to be successful throughout his life, you know, and, and continued to do, I mean, Rob yeah. Lowe has done some amazing things. I would call, I would call bullshit on Andrew McCarthy telling, telling Rob Lowe that he doesn't remember the love scenes that he had in the movie class with Jacqueline. <laughs> right. I was, dating, I, was life- dating some, I was dating somebody who was a, a girl who was obsessed with Rob Lowe back then with, with Andrew McCarthy back then. And um, the thing that made me crazy about Andrew McCarthy is like his this like, this thing, you know. He's like, I gotta move. He's like, like he was always, always, always had his mouth open, like just when he when he was, you know, when when he's not talking, he's standing there, like I don't remember that. Well, I don't like people who just stand he, there with their mouth open. Yeah. Well, he 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 was the, uh, you know, they all had different, obviously different personalities, but he was the the guy that the girl could take home to meet her parents. You right. Know, he played that role. Yeah, right. He was the the best friend that never got the girl. Yeah, right. Well, he apparently was—he was—he apparently wouldn't have gotten the. He was talking about the only reason I got pretty in pink is Molly Ringwald was nice and got me pretty in pink. That thing, pretty in pink, but that was like another one. But uh, yeah, it was—it was quite something. Anyway, Nelson, who was so good in the Breakfast Club, he just stopped really acting, right? Didn't he? No, no, no. He does B movies. Oh, okay. well, um, Russ, what's what's the movie with Wesley Snipes? The big, the big, no, 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 the um, New Jack City. He was in oh. New Jack City, and that okay. was that was pretty, that was pretty big for him, actually. That well, was that's a long does, time he, ago. does he direct though? Uh, I, think, I think he has directed. I don't, I, well, Andrew McCarthy's done a lot of writing. I um, just know that John Nelson does like B type movies because I know some people that have been in some movies with him. Well, Rob so he's still acting. Rob Lowe tried out for the John Nelson part in Breakfast Club. And he said the funny thing about it that you'll never realize is that the, the script I got for Breakfast Club with that character, that character that Judd Nelson played, wore the entire time he was in the classroom a straw cowboy hat. 
<laughs> which is the funniest thing like it how much it changed over time he's like basically well, Chad nelson probably said i don't want to wear a straw cowboy yeah he, that's that's what molly said molly said yeah he yeah. probably didn't want to wear that judd nelson just basically wore exactly what he always that's what he was wearing in right. real life at the time that's what he that's was wearing, why the you know? part was made for him because Rod, like, like, can you like imagine that hat? can you imagine that role in a straw cowboy but, hat like but if you if you look at everybody who was in the john hughes world yeah um none of them none of them really made it big I mean, Andrew McCarthy he wasn't a big star. Emilio Estevez. Yeah, Demi Moore, I would say. Yeah, Demi, Demi Moore. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I would say Demi Moore. She was, she was sort of. But Ali, Ali Sheedy, Molly Ringwald, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Emilio Estevez, none of them really made it big. I think, you know, the funny thing is I'm picturing Mike being in the breast, Breakfast Club, and we're just, after like two, three days, we all want to murder him. Yeah. You know, I loved Ali Sheedy. They, Ali Sheedy they, my the girl casting then. of that uh, Breakfast Club was so good too. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I went to a high school where wrestling was huge. Uh, you know, one year we sent out of thirteen weight classes, like eleven to state. That's how good our high school was. And Emilio Estevez was like every wrestler that I. Yeah, he had. totally. He absolutely you know, nailed that. You know. I, and you know what's funny? There's, so there's two movies for Brat Pack hockey related. Brat Pack hockey related things. Well, two franchise. Well, one franchise. You know, Emilio Estevez, oh, obviously. Dreadful. As a mighty duck, as the mighty ducks, right? Dreadful. And Rob Lowe, young in, in my favorite, young blood. Yes, I, I love, I love the movie Young. No, blood. but Emilio Estevez did also. He did the movie about them being trash collectors. That was brutal. Yes. Yeah, that was, pretty good. With him and Charlie Sheen. Yes, the brothers. Rob brother. Lowe was never better than he was in Parks and Rec. Which was just a couple he years was ago. Pretty good in the West Wing. Uh, he was no, he was amazing in the West Wing. But Parks, those those two roles were just. He said they were his two favorite things he ever did. But Parks and Rec, just incredible. If you ever get men at work, that was the trash. Yes, correct. All right, let's go. Here we go. For those of you wagering whether or not I'm going to get the date right, no, no oh, hockey world. We already know it's Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. We got a new calendar. I'm Michael Agello, and how about the Yankees? I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Kevin Allen, Hockey Buzz. And I'm Eklund, and I watched the Phillies last night. Ugh. Wow, why and, did you do that? I don't know. I just, they're in it, you know? Probably wasting three hours in it after last night. They're not in it. <laughs> And you're watching Hockey Buzz Guest on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And we are going to get down to it because we are going to talk about the team that I think is going to win the Stanley Cup today after yesterday being convinced that the Rangers would not win the Stanley Cup. But I and I still actually am not I'm not completely I still the Rangers are still my pick to go to the Eastern Conference final in real in for for real. But um I actually uh today we're gonna get into why I think the Chicago Blackhawks are gonna win the Stanley Cup. And uh, they're they're a fun team. To, they're a fun team to talk about for sure. They have a very fascinating team. But um, before we start, before we get into that, um, Mike, what do we have today? Anything interesting on the docket? Well, I do think we should mention the suspension uh, that occurred in the Ukrainian league that uh, everybody is reacting to. That uh, Andre Deniskin, who we talked about it yesterday about the uh, the incident, he was only uh, he was suspended three games plus a potential of 10 more, but I guess he could pay the fine mm -hmm. um, instead of being suspended for 10 games. And the reaction throughout the hockey world was, are you kidding me? And I, I think that's justified. Then what happened? Well, no, I, I don't. I, I, we already did once, and I don't really want to go okay. into the description. Yeah, but it's like 2300 bucks, I guess, is the amount that it cost. Or it was 2300 Canadian. I saw Wheeler, Scott Wheeler posted. So I guess... I guess it's about two grand 
um, an American currency that he, you know, that he's basically going to lose, which is ridiculous. Like at that point, but you know, I, and I was going back and forth with Joe Yurden because I was like, well, maybe the IIHF should do something, denounce it, basically, you know, suspend the country, the league rather, that player, whatever. And, you know, and everybody's like, but that won't do anything either because it's just the guy will never play internationally. And it's like, but you would, it would, to me at least, it would be nice if the IIHF came out and said, this isn't good enough. Yeah. We gave you guys a chance to do this and you did it wrong. So, and even if it might, look, even if it's not all, you know, all encompassing of, you know, that league or this guy, I still feel like it would have been a good step forward. And they haven't said anything. Um, I'm with Russ on that. Like, it would be meaningful if they came and in absentia, they, uh, you know, banned him for life. Right. Um, yeah. this, you know, he's banned for life from international tournaments. I mean, I, you know, I think there's that would be meaningful. I think everybody would go, whoa, you know. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's a, you know, would be a great move. Yeah. No, that, that's interesting. I think it would be a good move. That's how they should do it. Um, I wanted to get into in, in a little into a little bit of this Mackenzie Blackwood situation that's happening in New Jersey. Right. Um, having, you know, talked to a couple sources, I'm writing on this later. Um, but uh, it's it's a it's crazy. I mean, I my my source that I talked to yesterday, you know, said that that you know he's they're really trying, they're really trying to get him to to to, to do this to like to actually get vaccinated. Um, some really interesting facts about him, you know, that that I didn't know before. Um, and I, I'm really kind of surprised. I mean, and and yeah, then the last thing I got, I got another text from my source this morning, who I'm just bringing it up now as I'm saying this, who basically said this. He says the the dumbest. He says um, he was hit. So this is more more of what my source was saying about um, McKenzie was that he was hit with COVID worse than any other player in the team last year. He said it. It took him months to get back to breathing normally. It totally affected his conditioning and it showed in his play. Um, I can't comprehend the stupidity of this. Nobody here can. And this is from the Devils. Well. Um, Okay. Uh, the thing is, um, there was an article in the Athletic yesterday, yep. and the quotes from Blackwood do not sound like he's completely opposed to getting vaccinated. He says, "I have a couple health concerns, health reasons why I'm working through it a little slower. I have a couple boxes I want to check off and not rush to do it." That doesn't sound like somebody's like, "I'm never getting the vaccine ever, ever, ever." Yeah. Um, well, the, the, well, what I mean, according to somebody very close to the team um and then another source even closer to the team if you know what i mean this morning i talked to um said that that whole thing about him not budging was basically bs um he told everybody and everybody on the devils and in there that there's no way he's getting it so what, what, what's bs he's not budging that, that, no that yeah the, the, the fact that he's the fact that he's like playing it like oh i might still get it or something like that the de he's he's not oh, okay. right. yeah, devils budging I, I look at it this way not budging yeah to the devils they the devil as far as the devils are concerned yeah. everything he said is so not the, the public face that he's putting on it that that sounds like yeah reasonable is is fake yeah yeah i put and, it this you know, way the other thing that's crazy you know is is um his mother, you know, his mother's a doctor and the president of the ch and, and chief executive officer at a health and science center in Ontario, where they've done extreme, you know, extensive research on COVID. Um, and his mother is a major supporter of the vaccine. That's also, you know, I mean, there's one thing about, I mean, listen, everybody has the right to do what they want to do with their body. Uh, and I'm not trying to be a jerk there, but I, I really 
liked it. I, I texted you guys just the other day. I really liked it when I didn't know what players in the NHL um, believed in conspiracy theories and had these kind of views. You know what I mean? I, just, I don't. I don't love that we're finding out that you know some of the player. It just it just feels weird to me. Like I'm not overly bothered by that. Act. What I'm bothered about is like all of us in this country, and he's been in this country enough playing, know that since like March of last year. We all were a lot of us were getting at least our first shot. Most had a second shot then. Right. That you had all that time until now to make a decision, to look up things, to look up the data, whatever it is you wanted to look at. Right. It's a little late in the game to say now, I still need to see. There's nothing else you need to see. There right. are studies, there are reports, it's pretty definitive. And the outcome of what COVID will do to you is going to be worse nine times or 10 times worse than even if you have some sort of reaction to the vaccine. I know there's going to be some people that get a reaction. I get it, but they're not going to die from it. And, no, right. and I know people are saying, well, if you did, there's, listen, every vaccine has problems. Yeah, every, every, well, yeah. We've got 48 hours. It's very possible that if they're like saying, well, you know, you you need to take this. He could opt out. He, he has until October first. Could opt out. You know what? And to be honest, that might be the best thing for his team if he opts out. Now, and, and, even, it, and even if he gets a shot now, we're talking about you know a yeah, long he's time. Miss a couple weeks. A long time till he gets a second shot. I just think the other, it could thing, be the other thing. My story is from the Devils. Really frustrating thing is he came in like last year and his exit when when he had his exit things last year and everybody they were talking about what he's going to do. He said, "I'm really going to come in and compete next year for the job. I'm going to. This is my this is my position, and I also want to make a really big play for uh, for Team Canada in the Olympics. Like he had a, he had to see it. He felt like he could be the third third string goalie on team Canada. Obviously that's not happening without vaccination. A lot. see a lot of these, a lot of these players thought that by the time you got to this season, that everything would be over with and they wouldn't have to get vaccinated. Remember a few months ago, they were talking about 80% of people getting vaccinated and there being herd immunity. And that would mean the 20% that didn't get vaccinated wouldn't have to get vaccinated. Well, things have changed. The, the, the ball yeah. moved and now the league's, uh, I, I just saw a report today this morning about the NBA basically saying if you're going to sit out because you're unvaccinated, you're not going to get paid. And right. the PA uh, is on board with this along with the league. So I don't know, you know, there, there's an opt-out option with the NHL. I don't know what the option is in terms of players. If they choose not to get vaccinated, if they miss games, whether they won't get paid or not. But they want, They're not getting paid. Right. No. So there you go. I mean, yeah, and it can't be. I know the chat room's like, well, what about a five-year study? This isn't you can't have a five year study on something that mutates every six months to a year because there is no herd immunity because not enough people are vaccinated. Hell, they, they don't have time for a five year study. Russ, they, yeah. they they deemed it necessary for everybody to have a booster, the Pfizer booster, based on two two to six months worth of evidence from Pfizer being given in Israel boosters right. in Israel because that was that was the only sort of case study they had so it's, yeah you can't do a five-year study no. you know, in 2026 we'll have a five-year study right yeah yeah i mean so i mean at the listen it's 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 a hot top hot button topic obviously and but at the end of the day the reality is you know he's not gonna play you know he, I just, he's not i don't think it he's might be play. better though well, it, yeah you know wouldn't we respect these guys more if they just came in and said you know i'm gonna choose not to play i mean travis yeah. uh Absolutely. hammond and uh 
Vancouver, uh, you know, he hasn't shown up for training camp. And the speculation is it's about the vaccine and about his family. Um, yeah. But he's just choosing not to play like he did before. Like, yeah, you know, I have respect for him. That's his. Yeah, that's fine. You know, he's yep. not he's not letting anybody down. He's not going to be just be there for most games. Uh, you know, he's just, uh, you know, not going to be there at all. Just like he had a, kind of an injury. Yeah. Um, the difference. And, you know, every it's not the only people who face those kind of things. There are decisions that have to be made in other industries as well. When you, you know, some companies are requiring that you get vaccinated. I just before we went on the air here, I sent in my proof of vaccination so I could cover the Red Wings game. They're not allowing yeah. any media who aren't vaccinated to, right. uh, to go in. And, you know, I sent them my vaccination card and, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I'm very pro vaccine, but even if I wasn't, you know, if it was my livelihood at stake, I would certainly, um, you know, get vaccinated and, uh, and go so I could work. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. there, there are thousands of teachers in New York city that apparently are going to get fired because they didn't get vaccinated. This is across the board. Uh, mm. you know, it, it's not just hockey. It's not just professional sports. It's across the board, you know, you need to be vaccinated and that, you know, for some players, I know, like, I mean, I know that, and it's not hockey, but the Kyrie Irving thing in the NBA where, you know, he does, he's refusing to even say whether he's been vaccinated or not. There are some people who think he is, he is vaccinated, but he's just doing this to be an attention whore. Like he's been the last few years. I don't know if I buy that or not. All I know is that if he isn't vaccinated, he's going to lose like 40 something million dollars. And I guarantee you someone from New York state, because it's so high profile, will be there and be there at the door and ask him before he comes in that building, whether he has the card or not, they're going to do that because he's going to, and he's going to assert assert his right of privacy, Russ. It doesn't matter. He can't do it. They won't let him in. It's a state law. They will not let him in. He can't play. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. We got other things we can talk about. Um, okay, let, me, let me let me ask this. I, more interesting. It's, it's, I got I got a few I got a few uh, messages uh, uh, last night because. And, I'm, and this is across the board, but I'm just going to use specific to players who were formerly on the Maple Leafs and people were sort of like, hey, Zach Hyman scored a goal for the Oilers last night in their preseason game. Hey, Freddie Anderson had 36 saves for Carolina. Um, let me clue you in. It's exhibition. It means nothing. Not a thing. Just like, uh, you know, uh, Andre Kasha scoring a goal for the Leafs means nothing. When the games start counting – then and we see how players play I, in regular season games. Then I think it means something. And until then, shut up. Really? Well, what, well you know, I mean that I don't. Get yeah, I, I I agree with you, but you yeah. know, Lucas Raymond in Detroit has to score in these exhibitions. He does, or he won't he have a job. Yeah. He doesn't have a job. Yeah. So it, they, they, there is some meaning to him, but I I know what you're saying. I. You know, I'm not going to worry about how many goals Dylan Larkin gets or Tyler Bertuzzi, but exactly. you know, Dylan, uh, you know, uh, Dylan Larkin uh, isn't even cleared to play these games, so there is some concern on him. So yeah, um, yeah, I mean, and you want to see these guys like Zach? I mean, you you know, you want to see him starting to connect with his teammates, like you know, and it's. Not sure. that you would expect that not to happen. I mean, the reality is, you know, Zach Hyman's going to be a great Edmonton Oiler. You don't have to. You don't have to right. watch him score in the preseason to know that. Like he's going to be. He's going to be a perfect fit for them. He's going to work out for them. He's going to be a great pickup for them. There's no. I don't think there's anybody really who questions that. Like sure. I think that that's 
I don't think that that has to be determined by. Well, I'll give you an example team. too. So in, in Washington, where they pretty much just found out that Nicholas Backstrom is going to be out for the season, you know, at one of the players, you said, Hey, who could break out there? Well, it's Connor McMichael and he could play center. So he's going to have a prime opportunity now with, with Backstrom out, maybe to play third line center for them. And so yeah. those, you know, those are the kinds of things that yeah. yes, the score may be meaningless, but those kinds of guys could get jobs because of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I was, you know, and I was talking to somebody and moving on to Chicago, my team to win a Stanley cup. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody there who said, you know, now the Blackhawks have, they play tonight. They play the Detroit tonight, right? They play their first preseason game tonight. The first time we're going to see Jonathan Taves back in a long time is tonight. Um, Kirby doc apparently has looked ridiculously good in camp, like just off oh, the yeah, charts. And we, we would that. expect that. Right. But he's, you know, we forget that, you know, he was such people were really so high on him before last year. And then, you know, then the injury happens, but man, add him. So let's, let's get into it. Here's why the Chicago Blackhawks, my friends are going to win the 2022 Stanley cup. All right. I am on record as not being a huge supporter of Stan Bowman <laughs> in the past. I've, he's not been my favorite GM. I think he's gotten lucky in some instances. I get a lot of criticism for that. Um, but I will say this, um, you know, with McDonough there, who's not there anymore, remember, but, McDonough did something that, you know, I like when teams do. And this this kind of pushed Bowman. And that is McDonough said, we're going to win now and forget about tomorrow. <laughs> and we're going to win now. And, and I like, I love when, te- that's my favorite thing for teams to do. That's what, you know, I that's what I grew up with. I grew up with Ed Snyder. So I grew up with, we're going to win now and tomorrow, screw it. We'll figure it out then. Um, yeah, you know, and then this, that's a reason the Flyers haven't won since like 1975. But they've been yeah. in the Stanley Cup Finals seven times, so give them a chance. You know, like if I if my team has a shot, <laughs> give them a chance. No, if my if my team has a shot. I'm formula not, there, Eric. No, I'm, I'm serious. That might be the funniest line of the season. <laughs> what? Uh, anyway, <laughs> I want my team to have a chance to win. Okay, I I, I don't care about tomorrow. I, well, I, I agree with you. It's just you know to say that the Flyers haven't had a shot. It's been since '75. So yeah, no, but they but years. they've been in they've been in more Stanley Cup Finals than almost anybody else. If you if you get to a Stanley Cup Final, if I'm a hockey fan. I'm watching as much hockey well, as I can. Yeah, I mean that's why your point didn't make any sense because they haven't had a shot. No, I said I, no. I said give them a shot. I didn't say they haven't had a shot. I said give well, wait, them a wait, shot. Wait, 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 wait. But this speaks. I'm sorry, to- I did not say not. Wait, 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 just wait a second. This speaks yeah. to your overall hockey philosophy when it comes to anti-tanking. People, You're right. People who are in favor of tanking are in favor of their teams winning. They want their teams to be able to get great players. Right. Being well, in the middle and you know, oh, we're gonna win every year. Yeah, great. You make the playoffs every year, and then you never win. Right. It's all right, right, right. right. So, here's the thing. I and, and Mike, this is also why you know I don't. I hate when we have these draft pick discussions. When you know, when a draft pick, we've had many draft pick debates over the years. You know, like I, I'm all for the I'm all for the Maple Leafs going out and getting somebody for the you know giving up a second round draft pick for that backup goalie. That that kind of stuff. We've had these discussions before. All right. So. Like I say, I'm not I'm not a big Stan Bowman fan, but I am I I don't love the way that team runs things. I've had people there who've gotten screwed by that team, but I will say this: they're going for it this year, and I like it. And that that this is this is what I and this is not McDonough. This is just this is Bowman, right? And now Kevin wrote a great article today, um, or he wrote it last night. I posted it in my spot this morning because it was you know worthy of better than anything I was going to write today for sure. Um, and it showed that. Um, 
you know, and he and he lists three teams that are three non-playoff NHL teams from 2021 that could qualify in 2022. And one of those teams is the Blackhawks. So some of the points I'm making here are going to be similar to what Kevin wrote as well, because these are the reasons that I think not only can the Blackhawks make the playoffs, but they can win the Stanley Cup. Okay, first of all, you've, when you've got Patrick Kane, you've got and if Jonathan Taves is back and he is back, if, if he is back and he, he is even like 80 percent Jonathan Taves. He's a difference maker. He's a major. He's a major difference maker. He's one of the best captains in the league, when he's like that. He and um and Patrick Kane, we talked about yesterday, still in the t- maybe still in the top ten players in the NHL, which is amazing. I mean, for his, you know, he, he where he is, he doesn't seem to be getting any slower. I mean, he's he scored maybe less goals just last year, but he his team was way less too. I love them. I love the fact that those you have two guys there who have won Stanley Cups and they are leading the way. That they are your guys and they are being amplified by the best supporting cast they've had since they've won a Stanley Cup this year. This is this is the best team that Chicago's put together since they since they won a cup. And that starts with maybe the best goalie they've had since Taves and, and Kane have been there in Mark Andre Fleury. I think this is, you know, I mean that's you can argue Crawford Crawford played great great, you know. Um, you know, I'm a I was a big um Niemi fan. But um but no, this is. But Mark Andre Fleury, he's he's the guy, and and he's coming out basically, and he, he's either said officially or unofficially that this is going to be his last year. Um, that there's there's a lot, you know, Mark Andre Fleury wants this. You know, he's going to want this. He he, you know, he he wasn't too excited about going there in the beginning, but once I have a feeling once Mark Andre Fleury sits through one national anthem in Chicago, <laughs> he's going to be ready to go. He's, this is the kind of thing that excites a guy like to no end. Um, as Kevin wrote, the offense will be improved. I mean, beyond Taze's return, you know, you have Kirby Doc and Kubelik. And Kubel, Kubelik is Kubelik is one of those guys that people kind of forget about, but he puts up really impressive numbers. I mean, he really is something. He's a great young player. Um, Tyler Johnson's there now. Tyler Johnson, you know, is a guy who can do every he can play, he can kill penalties, he can do it all for you. He's fast, he's 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 a he's a little spark plug, and he has been more important for Tampa in big games than Tampa wanted to admit like Tampa wanted to keep moving, wanted to try to keep moving him. But at the end of the day, when, it, when the game was on the line, Tyler Johnson would come up with big plays for them in the playoffs. And, I mean, and this is a guy they tried to trade over and over and over again. And by the way, they went out and got Seth Jones, you know, and they went out and they got the best defenseman on the market. Probably one of the best defensemen in the league, maybe top five, top 10 defensemen in the league in Seth Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's at his best, Seth Jones is absolutely dominant, absolutely ridiculous. All this stuff gives Kane and Taves like a reason to live again. Like this is a real, this has got to be unbelievably exciting for them. And I'm not even, I'm not even talking about um, some of the other great forwards that they have. Well, you know, I don't see any reason. And I also happen to think that they're in a comp- in a division that is overrated. I don't think the central division is as good as people think it is. I mean, beyond the obvious top of the central division, but I think that I think that I think making the playoffs is very doable for the Blackhawks. I don't think it's I don't think it's not I don't I just, I think it's I would I, I think it's a lock. To be and, well, I mean, that, that, see, that's the thing. If you're talking about are they going to make the playoffs, I buy in what you're saying and what Kevin said in his article. Yeah. Talking about winning the Stanley Cup, no. But They're, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I'll end with this, and then you guys can tell me why I'm wrong. Okay. They will make the playoffs. Okay, in my opinion, they will make the playoffs. And once you make the playoffs. There are some teams that once they make the playoffs get better because of the players they have. And there are some teams that once they make the playoffs get worse because of the players they have. 
well, Toronto is one end of that extreme. Okay. The other, the other end of that extreme is Mark Andre Fleury, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, yeah. Seth Jones. These guys, Tyler Johnson, these guys get better in the playoffs, and and so I think that this is a team that once they make the playoffs, nobody is going to want to play. Nobody is going to want to play Mark Andre Fleury in the playoffs. Nobody wants to play him now. Uh, he he won with Vegas, and I think this team is every bit as good as Vegas. Oh no! Honestly, Come on. I, honestly I really do, and Please, I think sorry, that people oh, continually overrate oh. Vegas because of the impact no. that Mark Andre Fleury had on that team. Yes, I mean you you you've you've morphed your hatred from Chicago to Vegas because I know I have a headache. Yeah, I mean okay, I agree Thank you very much, everyone. Enjoy I, the day. I'll be here all week. I agree with your your um your analysis in the sense of. Nobody wants to play this team if they make the playoffs. With all that Stanley Cup experience, with you know Flurry, if he plays like he did last year, winning the Vesna Trophy, that'll put a scare into anybody in that division. I'm sure Colorado wouldn't want to play them in the second round or the first round. But that being said, I, I love their forwards. I, you know, if Taves comes back, then up the middle with Taves, Dotch. Dylan Strom and Tyler Johnson. They're and now they may take Strom on the wing, but they're really strong up the middle. You've got Kubalik, you've got uh, um, uh, Debrinket, who's fantastic. You've Brinkett, got yeah. yeah, So they're you know they're really really good at forward, and they have some depth there. Defensively is where they fall completely short. I mean, I love Seth Jones. Seth Jones is everything you say he is. Calvin DeHaan. You breathe on him, and he gets hurt. He's been hurt the last three years. Um, Jake McCabe is coming off an ACL injury. Connor Murphy could be the most overpaid, overrated defenseman in the NHL. They do have a couple good youngsters, and I like Flurry, but Flurry's going to earn every dollar of his seven million dollars with that defense. He always has, though. I mean, the but defense in Vegas was nothing spectacular <clears throat> either for most of the time. Couple things. Couple yeah. things. Let's not make Tyler Johnson to be one of the great playoff performers of all time because his last two playoffs he's had seven points. He scored a couple of goals at key times. That's great, but he's not a playoff driver. He's not the same player he was, and he's not as fast as he was. Otherwise, Tampa would have kept him. They definitely would have kept him. Another thing, their defense is suspect. It really is, and most of those guys have never played together before. That's another problem except for that second pairing, but then they have Connor Murphy, and he's not very good. The, also, on the defensive part of their forwards, they're lacking. They've got a lot of guys that are completely offensive at forward, like Kubali, like Debrinkit. And Flurry is going to face a mountain of shots. This is the worst defense he's had yes. in front of him in five years. As he's older, he's going to be too worn out to get to the Stanley Cup. He'll make it to the playoffs, but he won't be able to make it the whole way with this team. He'll probably be better the more shots he's taken. That's always been his. It's always been true with him. Six. He's 36 years it old. It doesn't matter. Did he, did he look 36 matter. last year in the playoffs? He didn't. It does matter. Actually. He didn't look 36 last year. Yeah, but in front of, in front of a defense. By the way, he was Theodore and, and, and Alex <laughs> Petrangelo. My God. I mean, Vegas. Petrangelo, great player. But, you know, Petrangelo, Seth Jones, okay? That you, you, at the top. Hold on. You know what? Player. Defensively, there's not that much difference between the two guys you just named. Right. There's almost no difference. If you want to say Seth Jones' offense is better, we'll all agree with you. But I'm not going to say Seth Jones is better defensively than Petrangelo because I'm no, not sure that's either. true. I don't yeah, think so either. But is the Vegas team de- team defense, not their defensive core, but their team defense better than Chicago by 100 miles? Yeah. No. 
Kevin, Kevin, go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I agree what you said about everything about uh, the Blackhawks, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be a more entertaining team. They're going to be a better team. And I think the, the psychology of Taves coming back is probably as important, if not more important than what he does offensively, because I just think it's such, you know, they kind of need him to kind of hold that team together yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, Russ is right on in terms of, you know, they're not all a bunch of great two-way players. Uh, there's, right. you know, great offensive players. And then there's some players on the team that are, you know, don't, uh, you know, like Dylan Strom uh, probably, uh, is less of an offensive guy than they thought he was going to be. So, right. you know, there's kind of a mishmash. And Taves, I think, can kind of hold it all together. He's a great leader, um, and he figures out uh, how it all works. I, I find it curious that I, everything I read is they think that Tyler Johnson, you know, should be the center for um, Kane and Debrinkit. I think it should be Doc. Um, yeah, it should be yeah, Doc. Yeah, yeah. I think Tyler Johnson should be the third-line center. Uh, yes. And I think that gives them, um, you know, far more depth. But they are very good center. I, I think Fleury is good. I, I he's not a guy that, uh, um, you know, he's been well conditioned his whole life. I, I don't think uh, a bunch of shots is going to um, disturb him as long as you know they're careful on how many games they play him. I, you know, they they can't play him sixty five games. Um, so I think they'll be judicious in how they use him and probably 50, you know, 50 to 55 games, uh, you know, uh, and I think he can do that. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think he's always been well known and well known as a guy that's been well conditioned. So I don't think they can win the cup. Um, but I do think they can, you know, they can make some noise and I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs if they get in, but you know, I don't know that I agree that it, the, the, the central is overrated. Like, you know, Dallas, you know, you still got to worry about them a little you bit. You do still have to worry about them. You know, they they can play. They you know they've got uh, some premium defensemen. They've got uh, you know Ben Bishop still saying he's going to come back. Uh, Sagan's uh, healthy now. Yeah, Sagan is healthy. Uh, I mean, St. Louis is St. Louis is strong. Winnipeg. Yeah. Is strong. yeah. No, this is not a weak division. Colorado is the best team in the division. Yeah. Yeah. So there, you know, it'll be. Like if you get into the playoffs, you really accomplish something. So yeah, you know, maybe you got a chance to make a run if you get in. Um, but I, I, I like the Chicago team, and I, I, I actually agree with everything X said about when you, if as long as you haven't totally bottomed out, um, I think you should, you know, go, 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 get in to win. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I remember years ago when uh, the Florida Panthers. I uh, had to make a decision whether to trade Boom Easter and or you know try to make the playoffs, and um, they decided to try to make the playoffs. And people thought it was outrageous, but I you know I applauded their courage for doing that. I mean, isn't that what sports is about? It, yeah. it is, but the only time I went against that, Kev, um, was with St. Louis. It was the Dal the year that draft was in Carolina. Uh, I was sitting next to a guy. We were chatting. And I said, yeah, you know, it was dumb what St. Louis did, trying to limp into the playoffs for their 25th consecutive time because yeah. they had nothing going for them. And the guy goes, why? Why would you say that? I'm like, because of all that they gave up just to limp into the playoffs and get bounced in the first round, you knew that team was never going to go far. Exactly. And that's when they should have started the rebuild then instead of taking yeah. that extra step. But otherwise, I agree with you, Kevin. 
Well, but I, I, I think you do have to look at it on a case by case, you know. Yeah, right? you do. You do. Um, but saying that for the most part, I, I agree with that, that you, you, know, you try to go for it. And if you do that, a lot of times, you know, it, it can be negative because you can end up in the treadmill, you know, where you're yeah. pedaling as fast as you can, you never get anywhere. Right. And, you know, you don't fall off the treadmill either. You're just kind of right in the middle. Uh, right. So, um, you know, that, that's a danger when you do that. On the other hand, uh, uh, you know, fans, you don't like it when your team gets to the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And, and, and I, have to, I have to say with any kind of preview of the Blackhawks, it has to be brought up that there's a sort of a pall hanging over this organization when it comes to what the NHL investigation of the, of the, you know, the, uh, the whole uh, scandal is. Uh, will reveal and if it if that comes out during the season i don't know when, when they say that that investigation will be completed um whether it have ramifications we've already heard about uh, ramifications regarding stan bowman in, in usa hockey uh whether that'll have ramifications on him as gm of the blackhawks on you know any kind of like fines against ownership for squelching this this story i mean the, the, we don't know where it's going to go i'm not going to speculate on on yeah. where it's going to go but it's something that what if it comes out and if it's something extremely serious, what kind of effect it'll have on the, with the team on the ice? It's very possible that it will because it'll just cast a pull a pall over the organization. I don't think the Sharks will let that happen. I think the same as Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah. Mike, I don't think we're going to see Evander Kane starting the season. I think he's going to. No, 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 not Evander Kane. I'm talking about the 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 investigation of the Hawks. Yeah, but I, I think oh, the, the, the investigation of the Hawks is, is definitely. Kane. I mean, you it could definitely affect management you know and stuff like that for yeah. sure but i don't think it's going to affect the players it won't I think, affect the players it could affect management definitely i think i think if anything you know every team and this is something that i wanted to actually bring up with the rangers yesterday um you know another like my i had like seven reasons why the rangers win the cup this is really the eighth reason and um the eighth reason is that teams tend to win the cup after going something through something incredibly dramatic in a weird way which is what the rangers had happened last year you know, like the Tom Wilson thing spurred on this incredibly dramatic, weird moment um, with the with you know people getting fired and and all this strange stuff happening. Um, that is the kind of thing that shows up, you know, in the um, in the in the Rangers Stanley Cup winning video, you know, next two two years from now when they put it out. You know, that's but the kind so of the moment. Rangers, if they match up against Tampa, you're going to take the Rangers over Tampa. Absolutely. Um. So that no, but um. No, but the, the, Can you stop it, please? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, not. I'm just bringing this up. I'm, I'm, you know, I always remember like the, uh, like for the, like you know, the the Philadelphia Phillies when they won with Dallas Green. Um, I always remember like the uh, the controversy of that year. You know, like you that, that in 1980. Yeah, I'm talking about 1980. But they know? still had great players at great. They positions. had great players, but there's they had great players other years and didn't win. There, there always is a there is there tends to be a thing that happens when a team goes through something like that, because there's an internal struggle. And I think in a way, the Blackhawks, I'm not saying that this investigation is that probably the internal struggle with the Blackhawks is Jonathan Taves. I mean, that probably is the thing that spurs them, the the X factor that spurs them even further along, because like Kevin said, even more than his play on the ice is the fact that he is beloved and he is an absolute, he's a guy who has lifted the Stanley Cup. He's taken the Stanley Cup from Barry Gary Bettman. That matters, you know, um, and I think that, you know, and you're you're looking at a guy who has historically, this is one of my least favorite teams in the NHL. <laughs> so, but I'm just telling you that I am more looking forward to watching this Blackhawks team than any Blackhawks team 
I can ever remember. I mean, part of that is because I'm a big Flurry fan too. But I just I think that this 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 team is going to be crazy exciting. And if they get to the playoffs, I do not. I you know I I think that they've got every bit of the shot. And I will go on out on a limb right now and bet you guys right now that they go further in the playoffs than the Vegas Golden Knights. They they did. I have to say something about your 80 Phillies thing. Uh, I double checked it. Tug McGraw pitched in 57 games with a 1.46 ERA. That's why they won. Yeah, no question. Yeah, and they had Rose and Schmidt and Trio and Bullpen is what won it for. Yeah, but that, but you know, and Carlton. I I was young. I watched the video. Go ahead, Kevin. I I did. I did think the Blackhawks made one. I think serious mistake uh, in the in the off season. Um, when they didn't qualify P.S. Suter. Yes. I, I didn't really understand that, uh, especially when you look at what he signed for yeah. with Detroit over $3 million, just over $3 million. And I guess every cent counts because they're right at the cap. But, boy, I, I, I think he is a talented player. And yeah. I think he's a guy that can play uh, in your top six, could, could fill in in your top line if you needed to. He plays wing. He plays center. Uh, he's a good player. Yeah, so I I didn't quite get that, and he's still relatively young. Like he's still twenty. Yeah, wasn't a cap reason, that's for sure. Yeah, Is it just that they see him as only a top six player, and he's not going to break into the top six of the Blackhawks. I mean, that's like at the end of the well, day. Well, he was last year. I mean, he played with yeah. uh, he played with Kane a lot um, yeah. last year. I I think it was just uh, you know they they have some talent up front. They knew they were trying to get Seth Jones. They needed uh, money. Uh, they needed cap space and. I think they were fearful of what, you know, I don't know what he was asking for from them, but, um, you know, uh, you know, probably $4 million meant a lot to them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Trying to get things done. Well, they definitely, I mean, they definitely went and they spent a lot of money. You know, they, they, they did, they did go out there. I mean, Seth Jones was, a, was a very expensive get and, you know, taking on Mark Andre Fleury's entire right. salary. That's, that's big. Yeah. No. Yeah. Eka, we've teased it the last couple of days. We got to yeah. talk about this top yeah. 75 list from the hockey news, top yeah. 75 players of all time from the hockey news. Um, first, you know, every list of this nature is going to have one of three players as the number one, either Gretzky or, or Howe. Not one list that I have seen hasn't had those players in whatever particular order listed one, two, and three. This is the first that doesn't. It has Howe fourth and Mario Lemieux third. Gretzky one or two. Now, I personally, my list would have or number one. But, Kev, having Gordy Howe fourth. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's impossible for me to accept. <laughs> yeah, uh, here having grown up in Detroit, having seen him live uh, when he was playing, uh, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. I, when I say this all the time, though, um, people call it a cop out, and I guess it is, but it's how I feel. Um, it's really one A, one B, one C, one D, because all of them did something different. Like Wayne Gretzky was the greatest passer in the history of the world, saw the ice better than anyone's ever known. Uh, Bobby Orr was revolutionary, uh, changed uh, the way we look at defensemen, uh, was a two-way guy. He was brilliant in what he did. Mario Lemieux simply was the best goal scorer I've ever seen, uh, you know, best on the breakaway that I've ever seen. Uh, he was so incredible. He needed just a small window to shoot the puck in, and he could find it almost every time. Uh, and for a big guy, 
you know, he was gifted. He could beat guys one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, you know, he didn't look very fast, but once he got going, uh, you know, he, he could get by him. Then Gordy Howe was the greatest all-around player. You know, he combined physical intimidation. Um, you know, he was dirty. He played on the edge of the rule book uh, all the time, and he could score. Uh, it, you know, he used to go drop back and play defense, I mean, literally as a defenseman, to rest. You know, they, they, you know I, I, I have a copy of an AP story from the 1950s when they estimate that he played 48 minutes in a game. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez. So, you know, he was an incredible, unique specimen. He was a great ambassador for the game. Uh, you know, even though he was, uh, you know, six foot 203, Glenn Hall told me more than once that he seemed like he was six foot eight because everybody in the league was 5'10". Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and everyone was 170 and he was 203. So he yeah. looked gigantic and, you know, he could fight. There is a movement to try to diminish his uh, prowess as a, as a fighter because he didn't really fight all that often. He actually only had two Gordie Howe tricks, uh, believe it or not. But, um, you know, he was just a great player. But all four of those guys, uh, it's hard. But, you know, I would have, if I if you put a gun to my head, I would have Howe 1, Gretzky 2. Uh, I'd have Howe, I'd, I'd have Mariel 3 and or 4. But anybody that wants to put or 1, I, I don't argue. I mean, you can't argue. He was just no. such an incredible. They're all interchangeable. But yeah, what I always say, the fun begins at 5. Yeah. You know, when you yeah. And th this list clearly has a bit of what uh, what is referred to as recency bias because in the top 10, there are two players who are still active. Uh, number five is Sidney Crosby, and number eight is Alex Ovechkin. Right. Now, I think Crosby's definitely a Hall of Famer. I think he's one of the best forwards of all time. I don't know if I'd put him ahead of Rocket Richard. No, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I yeah, could, I could, I, I, I could too. Uh, but you know, um, I want to let him finish his career first before I do. Right. Like right. The, the, the problem you have, and I've said this in Pittsburgh, and they basically booed me off the radio. He <laughs> can't get, he can't get higher than five. Like right. Right. that's true. He, that's true. I, I mean, it's not his right. fault. You know, right. but you know, those four guys were such game changers that they can't ever be replaced. Those right. will be the four greatest players unless. Something you know, we end up with a thousand goal scorer or something. You know, yeah, yeah. that's Mount Rush. That's Mount Rush. Yeah, but you can't. You, you can only change the game so many times, and I think we've yeah. changed the game enough. Uh, yeah. So I think Crosby can get to five, but you know, Crosby will get there. You know, with the championships, with the way yeah. he played, and I think his edge is he's got. Uh, you know, he certainly not like Gordy Howe, but he has the Gordy Howe in that. You know he was great on he's great on faceoffs and he plays with an edge. You know he's yeah. he's good in the corners. Now yeah, he's good on the boards. So you know, he's, my, he's a little Messier in him. You know. Yeah. So where does Messier rank on this? Um, well, let me just ask this, and then I'll I'll mention. That. Can Ovechkin, if he beats Gretzky's goal record, get into the top four? I don't think he can. No, no, he can. no not at all. He can't because he didn't. His, I mean, he's he's been a great player. I'm willing to put him five or six, uh, right. you know, for sure. And, um, yeah. you know, he came at the wrong time. And what he does is score goals. And, yeah, yeah. he rise up and changed his game, became a leader, and helped the Capitals win. But yeah. prior to that, we saw him as a singular dimension player. And but because scoring of that, this many goals, Kevin, in this era. Oh, I, I don't diminish that. Yeah, that's his yeah. – 
He is definitely the best goal scorer of all time. Like, in my mind, there's no. Mario's better. Mario's better. Alex Ovechkin is a great goal scorer, but, but, you know, let's just think of uh, Mario Lemieux scoring six different ways. No, I mean, you're right. I guess guess if you were to take one moment in time, Mario's better, but, you know, obviously Mario didn't play as much, right? So. Yeah, but in terms of the ability to score goals, I'll take Mario Lemieux. Now, I love Ovechkin. Yeah. And how many goals did Ovechkin score lined up on the left wing? Yeah. We opened up with the puck. Yeah, no, it's the same guy right now. You know, yeah. I, I have that twenty percent of his goals. It feels like. Yeah, I mean that he was, uh, and you know, Fleury. I talked to him about it, and like he was really good on the subject of Ovechkin. And he said the amazing yeah. thing about Ovechkin is, I know where he's going to be. <laughs> I know that shot better than any shot in the league. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm prepared, and it still blows by you. Yeah. You know? yeah. Now, to answer Russ's question, Mark Messier is ranked 15th. <laughs> That's preposterous. Like, come on. Now, okay, it's it's interesting. Well, it depends on who's ahead of him. Yeah, okay. It's, all right. I'll, 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 None of these guys are slouches. Let's just. Right. I'll, I'll, but I'll read off the top 15 here. So after Crosby at five, Rocket Richard is at six. Uh, this is oh, this is too high. They have Doug Harvey seventh all, all time. Yeah, that's a little too high. Uh, Ovechkin eight, Nicholas Lidstrom nine. I think that's a little high, but I, mm. no way. No, that's okay. about that's about right. Yeah. Uh, Jean yeah, yeah. Jean Beliveau ten, yeah. uh, Bobby Hall eleven. A little high for me. Uh, Terry Sawchuk twelve, Patrick Roy thirteen, Eddie Shore fourteen, and Mark Messier fifteen. Okay, so just as an example, was not better at his position than Messier was at his. He's not. He's great, mm-hmm. but he's not better than Messier. Uh, I, I don't know. Was in the top five goalies of all time. Yeah. I, you can't argue. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But there's also been fewer goalies than forwards. I mean, if you look at what Messier's done to the game, all of his records, it's a lot. I mean, it is so impossible to compare goalies to players. That on these- it's tough for sure. I yeah, fifteen does feel low to me, to be honest. But I I don't think it's you know not not too low. I mean, you gotta goalie. No, so- I think there's at least two or three he should be ahead of. That's I would I, mean. be, I would flip flop him and Doug Harvey. I think Messier's top ten, and I think Doug. I mean, as great as Doug Harvey is, and and, and this is I, I you know I'm always been a goaltender freak, so. I look at the goaltenders on this list, and you know I would always have Sawchuk as the number one with 103 career shutouts. They so they have Sawchuk 12th overall, Patrick Waugh 13th overall, Marty Brodeur 17th overall, Jacques Plante 19th overall, and Dominic Hasek 20th overall. I think they have the order of three three through five wrong on this list. I I yeah I put I put Brodeur. Ahead of ahead of Wa, most people. Yeah, Brodor is ahead of Wa. I, I I would have him there too. You know, I think he's. I really think Brodor is the second. I really do. I think he's like you know, and could argue. You could, I could argue Brodor is the best. Like well, I mean, you honestly, can definitely argue he's the best. I mean, you I mean really, honestly, just it's not that hard. And the fact that you know, the fact that these other guys you're looking at played in like in cities that had so much more coverage. I mean, New Jersey is New Jersey. That's that's like. That, that is a factor. If Brodeur had played his career for the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, my God. It wouldn't even be. Yeah, forget he's it. He's number seven on this list. You know, yes. like, it, it, you know, it, it easily. You know, like, that. I really think that's the difference, you know. Yeah, it feels like we do need a goalie in the top ten. We don't have one, right? We don't. No. And I think that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, and I think, I mean, I, I, I'm a plant guy. I mean, every, there's planter salt check. I'm a plant person. I don't know, whatever. And, and I think that, you know, I, I think Hashik's, I don't know that there, there's, it's, it's a, but like I say, to me, it's like comparing tennis players to swimmers. When you compare goalies to players, you know, it's just like, who's it, it just, it really is such a different thing. I don't think you can put it. I don't think that they just, it's just non-comparable. I, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, one thing I also agree with, I, I could be convinced that what uh, Mike proposed uh, makes sense, that you could just flip Harvey and yeah. uh, Messier. Because I can, I can live with Messier in the top ten. Yeah. Um, although, you know, the players that are all there in front of him, I, I love too. But Harvey um, – and part of the issue is I didn't see Harvey until he was like 107 years old. He yeah. Lose yeah. and 67. I never, I don't think any of us saw him at all. So. Yeah, he just, you know, by that point, he's no, I didn't, I didn't see but, him. If I saw him, I, I didn't appreciate anything about him. But I, I mean, Crosby, Richard, Messier, Ovechkin is five, six, seven, eight, feels pretty right. Yeah, and, and, and to, to break it down positionally for defensemen, you know, like I said, Orr was second, Harvey was seventh, Lindstrom was ninth. Uh, Eddie Shore was 14th, and the next defenseman was Ray Bork at 16. No Chris Pronger on this list, by the way. No. Is Ray Bork better than uh, Denny Potvin? Is he better than? He's yeah. not better than Denny Potvin. Yeah, he's a, a, yeah, I think with defensemen, they're all those guys, it's almost like dealer's choice. You know, like it's who you like. Like, like when you're comparing Bork and Leach and Chelios and all that group that have three or four Norris trophies. Like, it really does become personal. The only, the only thing I would say, and, and this, look, I mean, nobody hated Dennis Popvin more than me growing up. He also played with more of an aggression than Ray Bork ever did. So I would give him that little edge saying, you know what? He had that little edge that I think made him a little better than Ray Bork. And Ray Bork was tremendous. Yeah, yeah. and and, and my, own, my own personal analysis on this one, because uh, four years ago, the, you know, a group of reporters, historians, and players voted on the, the top 100 Toronto players of all time. That was rated to be Dave Keon, who won four Stanley Cups. Um, Dave Keon's not in the top 75 in this list. Yeah, that's kind and, of, yeah, that's ridiculous. And that's, you know, that includes Red Kelly. It includes uh, a Busher Jackson, Charlie Conacher, Tim Horton. I mean, that, that that's a major, major oversight. Frank Mahovlich, a major oversight. So where's Where's Yarmir Yager on this list? Yeah, he is twenty first. That's a little low too. He's that's a little low, man. Yeah, I mean, I always why is it with these lists that the number seventy five player has to be somebody ridiculous? Like that's what they do on these lists. Like, I mean, it's it's Luke Robitaille. Now, I'm not saying anything is Luke Robitaille, but I'm like, I mean, I like Luke Robitaille, but you know, Bernie Perron's not on this list. You know, like to me, there's certain things that are like, you know, like I, I can't put Luke Robitaille. Yeah, Bernie Perron should be on the list. Well, okay, is it is it ridiculous to say that Connor McDavid is on this list? It's so early. I it's too early. You know, I, I but I have you know my take on all of this. I, I remember talking to Mark Lazarus about the greatest American player of all time, and he said it's Patrick Kane. I said, not yet, it isn't. Right. Like, do I believe that Patrick Kane will be considered? Yes, I do. Yeah. But I, I, I just think it's disrespectful mm -hmm. to the guys whose careers have already been established. Yeah, that's and a guy that's still on, like you, you still have to wait. So Connor McDavid, I, you know. Is he going to be there? Oh yeah, 
you know, he's so incredible. But is, should we put him there now? Do we have to? Can't we just wait? All right. So where's Paul Coffey on this list? 38th. 38th. Come on, just rip this list up. It's total crap. He's a, he, but here's here's a ridiculous thing, Russ. He is one spot ahead of Chris Chelios. <laughs> no list of defensemen I've ever seen has Chelios ahead of Coffee. Yeah, there's not a no way. Yeah, I mean it's it's insulting to it's insulting. Chris Chelios who wants high stick Bernie Nichols and <laughs> around him. You know, yeah. It's insulting to your eyes, is what it if is. I, you know, when I look at this guess, list, but like the, the era of hockey. That, in front of them. When I, I look at this list, the era of hockey that really kind of sucked was 2000 to 2010. Like it's like when, <laughs> when I look at like the team, like for some reason, I mean, there are players on here from that played in that time period, but they were like at the end of their careers in that time period. Um, yeah. But it's really like that. That is like you know, as far as the top you know it's interesting like the decade with the least amount of top 75 players would be interesting to try to figure out well okay um, and somebody pointed this out and i thought i thought this was hilarious one of the grand omissions of that top 100 list of all time that came out for the 100th anniversary of the nhl was Kenny malkin who Rockin', was, yeah. was not included in this list he's automatic he's auto, automatically jumped 44 spots he's 56th his his career the last four years has not been so. No, it's not been stellar. Exactly. <laughs> to behind Curry at fifty five. Um, yeah, I don't know. So okay, so if he's that high, where's Joe Sackett? Thirty uh, third. All right. Does anybody else think that like Brad Park shouldn't be on this list? Like it's sixty two. Should be. Yes. I mean, I mean, listen, he's a great player, but we're talking about sixty second. What? He's sixty second. He should be. I know. Uh, Who's uh, where's Eiserman? Iserman is twenty eighth. Yeah, Iserman. Yeah. It goes Pop Van Bossy, Iserman, Lindsay, Kelly. Uh, about about Iserman, I would say you know again, uh, my opinion is he was the second greatest breakaway player I ever saw. Yeah, Walter Lemieux. Uh, he was money on the breakaway. Um, obviously not when he got older, but when he was young and he was an offensive player. Um, like he was so entertaining and exciting and, just, yeah. you know, uh, and you know, he's he the that. best breakaway guy in the NHL right now. I, I have mine. It's not Michael Grabner. Um, breakaway guy. I would go. I'm going to go McKinnon. Yep. McKinnon's a good one, but I, 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 I think that McKinnon should actually be on this list if McDavid is put it that way. Yeah. I would take McKinnon as well. I thought about it, and yeah, that's. I mean, he's a really good one. I, I honestly would go with Kucherov. I, I, I've never seen Kucherov miss he's a good, He's good at it, but I think the speed of McKinnon sort of makes yeah. you on edge as a goalie because you don't know. Sometimes he misses because he's going so fast. Oh, that makes any sense. No, but he's going. It feels like he's going too fast sometimes. Like I, yeah, I, right. I've seen that with McDavid too. Like you know, like they're going so quickly. Where Kucherov mixes up everything. Kucherov never does the same thing twice. He's just got a really. That's fair. I can say that, but I, mean, I still go McKinnon. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it, it's a tough call. I mean, I think McKinnon's the best player in the league right now. But I, Yeah, I, where's Pavel Datsuk on this list? I don't think he's on it. Is he on there? I thought he, was he didn't make the list. Well, it's not, not, he's, not, he's not on it. So wait, so you're telling me Luke Robitaille made the list and Pavel Datsuk didn't. But how about, yeah, but how about Brian Leach at 69? Like, no, I have that's, Leach. all right, look, that is the insult of all insults. <laughs> I, he got I, beat out by Scott Stevens, Russ. He's 68. Not in the real world. This is where I have a problem. Leach is, 
Leach is three points behind Niedermeyer. And I don't, I don't, I, as much as I like Scotty Niedermeyer, I don't think that there's a comparison. No, there. What did, Nied, did Niedermeyer ever, ever lead anything in scoring? No, he was great. He's he was great, but I think, uh, yeah, I definitely think that. But Leach's point totals are on, out of this world and may never get matched again by a defenseman. But Niedermeyer won three Stanley Cup, at least three Stanley Cup. I get it. Niedermeyer's a great player, obviously, but. Leach, all Leach did was become the first American to win the Conn Smythe, but otherwise, yeah, you're right. It's so hard when you've got like guys like at forty three like Newsy Lalonde like I mean it, 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 how are we comparing Newsy Lalonde to Brian Brian Leach? All right, everyone, like that's like a yeah, PhD. That, that is tough. It's uh, like a PhD thesis to me. Like I can't even begin to start that. Joe Malone, Old Poison, Nell Stewart. I mean, that's one eye. That's one eye, Joe Malone to you, Mike. <laughs> okay. No, but that's his nickname, wasn't it? I mean, Gilbert Perot at sixty. <laughs> no, no, don't, 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 don't go there. <laughs> Why? Because Gilbert Perot was an amazing player. He was oh, amazing. He's an amazing player. I know, but we're talking there are some guy. I don't know. I'm just saying it's like where's Matt Sundin on this list? He's not, he's not on it and he doesn't belong on it, Russ. <laughs> Eric Lindros is 71. That, Eric Lindros is 71. That, that's one that's one part of this list that it that attests to its accuracy and credibility <laughs> is that Matt Sundin is not in the top 75. Where's Brian Trottier on this list? Uh, he's on here, yeah. Forty-one. He got beat out by the pocket rocket on Richard. No, see, that's I don't care how many cups he won. He was mostly a defensive player. Brian Trottier is a better player. Yes, Lindros at seventy-one. Um, Stastny at seventy-three. Okay, you know what? If Lindros had a longer career, maybe. But yeah. Stastny had a better career. He yeah, did. I, I, I think you got. I, again, we don't know. I, we didn't talk about what the criteria was, but you know there is impact beyond uh, length of career and statistics, even uh, just on the game. And Lindros had an incredible. He did. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so I, I would put him on any list that uh, of the top seventy-five. Like you can't deny. Oh no, no, I don't like, deny. Like, him on like the list. everybody talked about. It. Although you know, maybe that's not part of the criteria. I don't the think is can we always debate? Disgusting. Like there's always there's always either the you can either make the best seventy-five players or the most valuable seventy-five players. And yet here they did the top seventy-five. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So we don't we don't know what that no, is. I'm, but I'm, I, I, what I, the hell I, that means? Like, I would define top as including Eric Lindros because yeah, I agree. He, he, it most he, he's yeah. definitely in the most talked about players, the top seventy-five players of all time, uh, yeah. just because he, you know, when he first came up, imagine, you know, remember the hoopla and where he was going to end up, and then, you know, when he played his games, and then he was, you know, so big and so strong, and you yeah. know, his his uh, off ice actions in terms of his contracts always created. Uh, you know, all first attention. So he, he's definitely worthy of mentioning. Well, I mean, place. he was. I mean, listen. I mean, like I said before, like to me, there were there were like five or six players that I've watched live that I when I went to the games, I just couldn't wait for their next shift. You know, and Eric Lindros is one of those. You yeah. Know, that, the that's only thing, like, I, the only thing I have to say to that is, Lindros was never one point four two points a game like Peter Stastny was. No, but talking about guys that uh, 1.27 for his whole career, so. the most watchable players of all time, like on my top five list for sure, maybe even number one if I thought about it. Nah, I would be Lemieux, uh, then and Gretzky, but um, Pablo Berry was, oh, yeah, God, you know, oh, when you were in a game and he was on every time he was on the ice, like you, you'd move forward because, yeah, he was, he was always a half stride away from a breakaway. 
Yeah, that's the great. I mean, that that to me is the real sign. Like you know, when you're when you're at a game and like, when's that guy's next shift? You're, you're aware of it. You're aware that he's two shifts away. That kind of thing that tells you something about the player, you know, because that that's just the ton. Like, well, we're out of time, but that was a that's fun fun show, guys. As always, um, we'll be back again tomorrow when I try to get another try. When I tell you why another team's going to win the Stanley Cup, um, I don't yeah, know. The, who Islanders. That, the Islanders. Oh yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about the Islanders tomorrow. That's a that's a good one. If they only handed out the cup like a participation trophy. This would be great. <laughs> the funny thing is, I started this whole thing to, for, because I wanted it to be a positive in the era of COVID. And what I realized is, it's one person saying good things about a team and three people saying bad things. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, and you, so you you got the wrong crowd because you, you, <laughs> you, you got the angry Mike Jello <laughs> and the uh, the Russ Cohen who once criticized the man's pants. So I, I mean, but you know, so the whole point was like, okay, I, let's just talk about the best parts of I, this team, and and but but you're and you're and but the way I set it up is you guys, you're, all you guys, what you guys have to do is do the opposite of that. So that makes total like that. sense. Your mistake is why they'll win the Stanley Cup. Only one of 32 teams can. Yeah, but so, here's the thing, Mike. I am going to be so right on one of these. <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually you will because you're going to get one right. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, one of them will look like when I when I can post it next year, like, here's my article on why the, you know, Boston Bruins will win. Like, I'll have – I will have it down, and people will be like, wow, what an article. What a profit. Hey. I'd be interested to see. I had a, uh, a discussion on a phone with a. And I college. encourage people to to Google search Rick DiPietro's pants, and then you'll yeah. be on my yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, well, I just had a discussion with a college buddy, and we were talking, you know, you know, just catching up and what we've been doing. And I was telling him I was doing a podcast. And I said he should should want it, and he said, "Well, what's the deal?" And I said, "Well, I said I'm on with a couple of guys who always act like they hate sports, like everything <laughs> imaginable. You know, they they can't stand it when everything goes wrong." And he goes. Well, if you're still the same, I've never met anybody who loves sports more than you do. And I said, yeah, it's hard for me because they hate everything. You know, they don't like uniforms and, you know, <laughs> what's going on. Certain players they hate, you know, everything else. He goes, I got to do love this sports. I want to point that out. Sports. Oh, I know, I know you do, but, you know, <laughs> you know, he just thought it was funny because that it's is funny. funny because I, I can see that good. And, and it, and considering Russ yeah. runs sportsology. I mean, yes, you're, but Russ, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, question yeah. about it. No, I'm and I'm with you, Kevin. You and that's why you and I get along. We go, we're always optimistic, speaking happy things. You know, we talk about good things when we get together. Yeah, yeah. These, well, it's, that's why we have a good show, is because we're. You that's, know, right. We're, that's, yeah, right. Sure. that's right. That's right. That's right. But I've always yeah. said the most pessimistic guys are, are are deep inside are the optimists that are just getting killed all the time. I really think that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Mike is the most optimistic guy in the world, but he just has gotten killed so many times. He's just loads. You know. You're going to get one of these right. One of these teams that you're going to say can win the cup is going to. It's yep. going to be fantastic. I promise you. All right. Remember, without the buzz, folks, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. We'll be talking Islanders. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.